Hello and welcome to Compass, a podcast made by teachers for teachers. I'm the current host, Jill, and each week we'll meet educators who have had the most unique experiences in the world of teaching. Today I'm talking with another individual who has hugely inspired me. The hope is that you will too gain some inspiration that will affect your daily practice while also giving you a taste of the unique experiences that teachers have across Scotland. This week, we're chatting with one, if not the most creative teachers that I've ever had the pleasure to meet and work alongside. On meeting, she immediately impressed me. She managed to teach art in the most dynamic manner, going beyond the immediate focus of the brushstrokes, instead developing the pupil's understanding of the theory, the historical context, and even the philosophy behind the art. To give you a taste of her creative ability, she's currently developing a project where she makes life-size examples of the world's most famous artworks. It offers her young people in her school the opportunity to see a version that is life-size and realistic to the original. I might add, this is alongside her full-time job as a head teacher. As you can probably imagine, she is someone who frankly could be here for a host of reasons, having had a variety of unique experiences throughout her career. However, today the one we're focusing on is her experience as a published author. Her book, Tumbling, an upper school novel, offers a wealth of subtle undertones to expand the literary experiences of the student, while naturally offering examples of writing craft. This book has often offered, sorry, offered summarised versions of the shortened chapters, meaning it's really considered the busy life of a teacher and the needs of the students. This is a book that's been made by a teacher who knows her craft. This teacher is this week's guest, Kim. So hello and welcome, Kim. Hello, that's quite intimidating as an introduction. (laughs) Did you like it? I really did like it. Oh, good. I guess people don't walk around thinking of themselves as very unique. No, I probably not, no. And I think what I like to do when I speak with other teachers is find our commonality so it's going to be quite interesting for me to think about what's unique about me for a change I suppose yeah it's I think it's quite surreal a bit yeah yes (laughs) well the first question which is probably where you might get that connection with other teachers is what led you to become a teacher what was the drive for you to become well um originally I was trying to be a dancer and it Ah. turned out it was pretty rubbish so (laughs) that's um the short answer to why I became a teacher Um, I was unsuccessful (laughs) at everything else I wanted to do um I suppose we have talking about things we have in common I think probably most teachers I've spoken to have been told when they were kids they were quite bossy or they always were the people in the playground who got everyone playing a certain game or doing Uh a certain thing so I always did that and I was always an educator I always wanted to educate um, children or my friends or people around me so for example when I was at school I started a magazine called The Go Between and I got people writing from different countries and then um, I photocopied it all and sent it back out to everyone. So instead of having one pen pal, they got they wrote one letter to me and then they got a magazine with lots of letters back oh and my all this kind of kind of that. cheesy stuff going oh on. My. Yeah, and that was way before the internet, of course, and now it's just so much easier to contact people in other countries. But growing up oh in my. a wee island in Shetland, I just was so interested. So I'd people from Pakistan and Africa and America and all different countries all writing to me and I'd collect the stamps and, and organise it absolutely, and yeah. prepare it into so, a folio I mean, to send out to everyone else. I guess the long and short of it is that to everyone around me it was blatantly obvious I was going to go mm-hmm. into education but I kind of fought it for as long as I could and then I realised that I did have maybe some gifts that would 
be helpful in the classroom yeah, setting. Yeah, definitely. I certainly didn't intend to be a head teacher. That's no. happened quite recently just with me deciding to kind of <clears throat> walk the walk and talk the talk rather than sit there and say, oh, some of some of the managers that I'd worked with maybe didn't have the skills I thought they would need to do that job. And I was, I was perfectly happy to stay in the classroom and be yeah. a teacher. And I, I felt that was something that I was reasonably competent at, although the goalposts kept changing and I kept thinking, oh, is this something I'm going to be able to keep managing? But I, I did feel that working with the kids was something that I, came quite naturally to me. So... And I'd, say, and I'd say it's something that even as a head teacher from what I've observed, you still have that connection with young people, which I think is in itself quite an impressive feat. Having... I'm, I'm hopefully reasonably practised in being a leader through different things in, in my life. Um, sports clubs and university clubs and things like that have always sort of ended up <laughs> ended up being in a sort of leader role. But I'm certainly not bossy, I don't no. think, anymore. I mean, I've, that's kind of um, not how I how I lead. And also, I think... I try and lead by example. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't want to have an office job. I don't want to be sat in my office all the time. So I definitely try and get out in amongst it mm-hmm. um, more than maybe some head teachers because being a manager wasn't really the goal. But, you know, inspiring people and trying to bring out the best in people is something yeah, I find definitely. really engaging. And to do that with teachers is just another step from doing it with the children. And I suppose that kind of naturally goes into the next bit, which I think is is kind of the focus of this today is the fact that alongside obviously having various different roles in education, you've also written a book that by definition and from my use, I know many other teachers who've used it have gained a huge amount of inspiration in terms of the way in which they can use it in the classroom. Um, I think that just stemmed from yet again me saying like, you know, if you're if you're going to talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. So (laughs) if you're going to say that something's not done very well or there's not good examples of something out there and you think you might be able to do it yourself, then, you know, I've obviously got my sister and various other people saying, well, if you, you know, I'm fed up hearing you saying that this, that, and the next thing's not done right. So if you think you can do it better, do it. So Mm -hmm. um, I think there's definitely teachers out there who, if they had the time, which that is an issue, um, would be able to come up with some really interesting classroom texts and, probably quite often come up with wee stories and things um, during during the day for the kids. Um, I do think that it would have been impossible to do it while teaching at the level of sort of PT, deputy and head teacher. Yeah. I mean, most of the bulk of the book was written during periods where I'd um, left teaching for various reasons just to um, try something else and uh, realising that other jobs didn't have quite the emotional draining and the sort of mm-hmm. time draining mm-hmm. of of teaching um, practice but I think that it's always inside me to sort of write a book and I'm really really pleased I've managed to see it to fruition because there's many things I've tried over the years that because of workload and just the demands of the job I just haven't managed to, yeah, it's to hard see to it balance to the end through, so yeah. um, it's really it was, took a long time but I'm really pleased it's happened I'm really pleased that um, the way it's been received has been in the spirit of which it was mm-hmm. intended, which is that it's it can go in various directions, but it does introduce some difficult topics into the classroom for teachers and for the pupils. And I think to talk through a character can be a bit easier for people than to talk about their own experiences in a sort of yeah, most definitely, yeah, most definitely. I mean, as well as hopefully being reasonably well written with examples of writer's craft and metaphor and simile mm-hmm. and all these kind of things and description and um, character development and setting and, and you know comparisons of different things you've got all those types of things in there but they also have um 
I guess some difficult some difficult themes that run yeah, through. Yeah, definitely. So. And and I think what's great about it is that it's not just one. It's there's so many different variations that you can really, as a teacher, take on board. And if your class need, for example, something around trauma or about changes, and you could go in yeah. that direction. Or if you need something more on like nature and wildlife and the impact yeah. of humans on that, you could go in that direction too. Um, I mean, I've, I've, thinking about it more recently, I've almost thought it could almost be an IDL central. Yeah, pivot definitely. Of some kind of IDL and. There's so many directions you could go with it um, if someone wanted to do that as a sort of um, central theme and then from that just focus in different directions. I think that is actually possible. But when I wrote it, I didn't really think of it in that way. Um, do, you, do you remember the moment that you kind of went, right, OK, this is the character in the story that I'm going to make? Well, I had a very dear friend who was a partner on and off um, at the time, and he'd grown up in London and then been a bit of a been a bit of a naughty boy at school he would um, admit freely to anyone who was listening I'm sure but um, he found his way through nature and um, obviously being a good friend to him I realised just how important that had been I mean his yeah. direction his life direction would have been completely different and I, I saw more and more of these um, boys as I was teaching it was usually boys actually and um, I just thought, gosh, you know, you you just don't have a passion that you no. can really channel all these energies into. And so you're kind of making some poor decisions. But all you're really trying to do is find something that really floats your boat. And yeah, and you feel connected you excited to. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you feel connected to and that gives you a sort of purpose and mm-hmm. um, a focus. And so um, I, obviously through through time, more and more um, outdoor learning and things have also come into to light that as practitioners we've realized just the importance of mm-hmm. being more connected with the outdoors but at the time I started the book that wasn't really a big a big focus in education I'm glad it's becoming so um but he just inspired me I just thought well imagine if there's lots of other kids in schools that yeah. don't realize maybe they live in cities they the don't realize potential in terms of nature and also mm-hmm. that there's when I was teaching in London I was sort of teaching in East End London Walthamstow and um it, quite challenging behaviour and things. And children just hadn't been outside very much. They'd go and play cricket in the park or something, but they wouldn't look at the nature and they wouldn't realise that huge areas of our country are actually quite rural Mm -hmm. and they'd never maybe been taken to rural. They'd gone to the park, but they hadn't actually seen huge areas of Norfolk, Suffolk, um, Somerset, you know, all these areas that are quite rural. And I think it's quite nice for, it's not just for people who've, maybe not been to Shetland or people even, you know, in, in Scotland even. It's just for anyone who thinks, I'd like to, when I'm reading a book, um, have something different from all the sort of wizards and all the fantasy stuff, but also just to think that it could happen. You could, it's when very you're older, yeah. go and just see some countryside and take yourself away for a weekend and that that's there for everybody mm-hmm. and that you can make a connection with it in quite simple ways. Yeah. Even London has some terrific, quite huge parks yeah, where it does, yeah. you can go in and you can just feel like you're kind of away from it. Yeah. But you have to really open your eyes to that and just the observation of looking for birds and nature and evidence of nature. Mm-hmm. It's like we treasure hunt really for yeah. to go And I think I think especially because then you then put it into there was the contrast of I don't think I'm giving too much away, but you've gone from the contrast of urban city London to rural Shetland. Yeah. Which is obviously from your own experiences as well. Yeah. He has a big change and coping with change and talking about resilience and how he might feel with the different things he's got to be resilient to in the book is really important to me Uh because um, life doesn't always go the way that you hope. And it's really quite hard to teach children that without without them having experienced quite a lot of difficulty. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to feel 
have difficulty yeah. to deal with but then when they do inevitably have it you want them to have some skills to think well how can I manage this or what's normal and it's not a word I use lightly but I mean it is normal to have challenges in life and it's normal to find them really difficult sometimes what what's unique and different about each person is how you would manage that so yeah. it's just giving them some options of how the character and different characters in the book manage different situations and if there were to be a second book then he'd be managing yet more situations yeah. because how to deal with just even the complexity of for example death which everyone will face eventually mm-hmm. um in their families or, or wider friendship groups and things like yeah change moving having to make new friends um just finding finding difficulty is just a human condition it's just something that yeah. we have to talk about definitely and i think that it's done in such a way i think throughout the book the discussions have changed that it's alongside so much of kind of a story that means that young people can really feed into it without it feeling like a dramatic push that is you know because sometimes we have those conversations it's it's too much for young people to really comprehend but i think the subtlety within the book means that they become aware, aware of it in a kind of natural way is quite authentic it was really important to me that it didn't feel like a big lecture yeah <laughs> I thought it's going to be really unreadable for kids I mean when you see it, see this, it on paper this, it's like it. oh here's a book about you know mental health issues and death and you know on paper it's like a really depressing book but the people who've read it and ad- many adults have actually yeah. read it and come back to me and said that it just brought back something of the idyllic childhood or it's brought mm-hmm. back something of that yeah the innocence of life or or the the simple things the joy of the simple things and sort of it's hopefully you know the pace of it is hopefully intermingled with quite close discussion uh, quite close description about flowers or Mm -hmm. the sea or how you know how the sea reflects mood and things like that it's almost like a character nature's almost a character yeah definitely shetland sort of like a character in the book and um it's just kind of reminding people that if you're waiting for the really big things and the, the lottery win and things you're not you're not going to be happy very much and no. we all need to just settle for sort of the simple life at, at, at some level and if you're really looking for money and material things as well that can just be chasing yeah, a bit you're, ne- of false you're never going to find contentment which is actually there's cool. always the yeah. next thing the bigger thing the, the uh-huh. smarter model or whatever and the happiness comes from inside of you and uh-huh. it's, it just opens that discussion for teachers to be able to talk to children about was quite complicated issues really mm-hmm. but ultimately lessons in how to maybe be happy and yeah. just how to accept that things haven't quite worked the way you want but you've got to just move forward and try and mm-hmm. go out there and find joy in the little things definitely definitely and I'm now thinking of it in terms of a lot of teachers will be hearing this and it'll be giving them lots of inspiration how did it go from your idea to something that is now a published book um, if certainly if anyone's got stories out there that they think would be valuable to share, first of all, you have to feel like you're there's a certain amount of confidence because I, I didn't share it for a long time with anyone, not even family. I just thought, I'm sure this is rubbish. And there's still parts of me that are sort of like, I can't believe this has happened. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it could be torn to shreds by, I mean, you know, I've not really done a writer's course as such. And my experience of books is just reading some books and talking to people and knowing what I like. So I'm, I'm by no means an expert. So it's having the confidence to say, I have written something which I think someone might find value in. Yeah. Because you have to get past that to show other people and then you have to be open to criticism Mm -hmm. and so obviously 
my sister in the first instance was quite um, direct with me, which I really appreciate. You need you need someone in your life, a friend or a family member who will read it and just say, look, this part didn't wash with me or mm-hmm. I don't think the characters would have done this because, you know, if you're really wanting to re- the reader to buy into it, you have to make it authentic and you have to make it flow in a certain mm-hmm. way. It's really nice to have someone who feels confident and comfortable with you enough to say, right, that that chapter doesn't really work. So there's a, a bit of reworking of it uh-huh. before it went to any publishers. And then, of course, you have to face the rejection. So yeah, you, you have to course. accept that there's going to be... And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad book or a bad story. It, it means it doesn't fit in with their criteria for what they're marketing or what they're aiming for. Mm-hmm. So you have to not take it personally. And, of course, it's thousands of stories of the internet of you know the Beatles being rejected and J.K. Rowling yeah, being, yeah, being course, rejected yeah, and all yeah. these things but it, but it still feels personal to you at the time because although obviously these people went on to have massive success this isn't for me about having massive success this is for me about it actually being in classrooms and yeah. being used I'd love for people to buy it and read it at home if they want to as well it's it's still a story after all but the purpose of it for me was for it to be used as a, a teaching tool mm-hmm. and for it to have that engagement with with the teachers provide them with something that was um, had higher level vocabulary and, and something different from the David Williams and all the other successful things out there. So I had to believe in it. I had to get some close friends and family to believe in it. I had to get it to a point where they were sort of happy that it flowed. Um, as a reader, they were happy with it and they weren't coming back to me and saying, well, what happened with that bit? And you never mentioned that again. And, you know, I, I don't like this bit. So I tweaked it over time. Then I sent it off to various places and and it was rejected quite a few times. I didn't change it too much as a result of the rejection, but I I did keep um, trying to, you know, you'd have a few weeks or months where you wouldn't focus on it too much, and then you'd you'd think, right, I've regained my strength again from that rejection, and you'd send out another um, flurry of letters and things like that. But I tried to cover, in my cover letter, I tried to outline what I was trying to achieve with it. Because I think most books aren't trying to achieve something. They're just saying, right, I've written a story. Do you want to publish it? Yeah, whereas, I was, <laughs> yeah, whereas I was trying to say, this is a story which I feel have, has these themes, yeah. has these qualities about it that makes it. And I, I think, obvious, I think so, so much of that comes from the fact that it's written. It, okay, you're written as an author, as a writer, but it's written as a writer who's a teacher. And I think yeah. that comes across really strongly is that it's considered how it would be used and applied in a classroom, which I think a lot of children's novels are not necessarily considered in that respect. Well, it was very deliberate as well. And there, I mean, there's definitely bits that would be different if I had just written it as a story from start yeah. to finish. I mean, I have every chapter is about almost exactly the same length, around about 2,000 yes. words. And then so there's the summaries as well. The summaries, one Phenomenal, page. Yeah. The summaries written with mostly phonologically correct words yes. from the first one, uh, first 300 common words list. Um, and also, like I'm thinking, teachers have to time their lesson. Think I've got an hour, yeah. so how long will it take to read this chapter? Go into some higher order reading skills, mm-hmm. get some feedback, get some discussion going. And so that's important. Whereas if you read maybe other books, sometimes chapters are longer, shorter. And it's, it's actually difficult, difficult to, to time, time it. it. It really is. It really is. So that was important to me. That was something I decided from the beginning as a teacher. And each chapter in its own right has to contain certain things so that if you were on that lesson wanting to do certain yes, things... Yes, there's different things there's, you can there's focus There's alliteration yeah, or yeah, there's yeah. this or that, but and different punctuation. There's different sentence lengths, things like that, yeah. which, are, which is kind of more formulaic maybe than it would be in if you just written it just from whatever's in your yeah, head, yeah, the yeah. story. So I'm constantly thinking about... Um, 
that, but also just thinking about it. Some of the language is a bit more flowery than I would use naturally because yeah. I want them to find words that they wouldn't normally use. And, and not recognise, yeah. Not definitely. recognise them, have them in a context for it to not, if they if they can't be bothered to look up every single word in the dictionary for them, still find meaning in the story. Mm-hmm. But if if kids can take two or three new words from each chapter, I'd be delighted. Yeah, you know, they're leaving definitely. a book with 40 or 50 more vocabulary words. Which is, yeah, the dream um, that would, yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic for your sort of word boost aspect of uh-huh. it. So I just think that... Um, I also want them to come away, to be honest, wanting to read dif- different genres of books because, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- this there's not nothing supernatural or particularly exciting about this book. It's it's almost like an Enid Blyton type of book where there's yeah, some quite kids, traditional, like, exactly. There's some kids who have some adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the cross generation, intergenerational kind of relationships that are in it. I think that's really important and, and, and great for kids to see as well. Yeah, and they maybe it, don't yeah. have that because maybe nowadays people move quite far away from their grandparents or whatever's gone on that they don't see older people. But um, we've had in the class I'm working with just now, they're wanting now to go to the old folks' home and kind of make some of of those relationships. And that is so, you know, one of the most amazing parts that's come out of this book isn't just the vocabulary and the the interest in reading and the discussions, but also just the fact that, you know, they want to do things like that and they want to go out and see nature. That's that's a really powerful impact I've had. Absolutely. And that's what gives me quite a lot of joy. Cause... And, and I, I suppose it, like, it kind of naturally goes on to kind of the last question, which is how is this, in ma- many ways, it's obviously impacted young people hugely. How has it impacted you and how do you think it's impacted how you will continue to develop as a teacher and as a writer? It's a really difficult question. How has it impacted on me? I mean, it's still early days. It's been less than a year. Uh-huh. Um, so personally, I, you know, as far as writing goes I've not I've not been put off um I'd love to think that I'd find a better work-life balance and I'd be able to find time to write in, in the future I think I just hadn't realized the impact something like that could have I just didn't realize that could have gone in so many directions and some of the feedback's been really positive and I feel like it, it was worth the sort of 10 years on and off of yeah. kind of pursuing it because it's always that kind of worry just thinking are people just going to think this is nonsense you know is this is this really just quite yeah. rubbish and you know you're in insecurities of sharing something I mean it's like any kind of art form or um, any kind of showing something of your in your inner yeah, self to, yeah. to others that they can sort of reject you and you know and actually, not understand what you're trying to achieve from it and actually there's a lot to be I think probably taken from that in respect of how we support young people with their own writing because actually there's a lot of expectation to well you've written it now share it and actually Mm -hmm. that is a hugely daunting process even for adults let alone children so I imagine that again for your learners it must be phenomenal to know that you're someone who again is modeling the things you hope that they would do well when I when I teach it to class or when I go to a book group or something I talk I don't just talk to them about being a writer I talk to them about being a reader and I Mm -hmm. talk to them about remembering their audience and and I hope that by reading the book because they're the reader I actually hope they become better writers because um I'm, I'm kind of sharing some of that experience of the the battles and the difficulties and the writer's block and the how to get things to flow and remembering what your reader's needs are mm-hmm. in amongst it all because I think writing could be a really self-indulgent kind of a thing yeah it can do. be yeah yeah 
And I certainly have read books where I've just thought, wow, you're just you're just this going is your, off on yeah. one. You're not actually thinking about me as a reader at all here. And what know. I'd actually enjoy. And, yeah. yeah, and especially definitely. some biography, autobiographies can be like that as well. Um, and I, so for me, I just think um, I'm really happy that it's, you know, to see it on the shelf was as good in real life, if not better than in my imagination, because for over 10 years thinking, am I going to see this on a shelf in a bookshop? And then to think that I can with technology today I can see that it's been bought in different countries mm-hmm. around the world um, and it's it's just that kind of global sort of thing that I didn't realize at the time when I started writing that that could be a thing in the future and that people can buy it for Kindle and things like yeah, that yeah. and there's so many other directions it can go in if it's successful with Kindle it could go in with you could do link it in with sound effects and bird sounds yeah, and things yeah, like that that are actually to the real bird sounds yeah. the story yeah so the teaching tool aspect uh-huh. can become a bit even more intense yeah yeah and um I also think that even like to think of a different medium like film or something mm-hmm. like that in the future could be quite nice as well. yeah especially with the location it would just be phenomenally yeah. beautiful maybe for not um and I just I think that people are becoming more aware of places like Shetland as places to go like for their staycation mm-hmm. kind of thing staying in Scotland and seeing parts of our own country that maybe you haven't thought to visit I just really don't regret any aspect of doing it and I'm really happy that it's been received with the intention in which I yeah, hoped, definitely. you know and so um who knows in the future how it, how I might carry on from here and try and write something else it's not uh-huh. put me off and I would really hope to read more books written by teachers I think we've yeah. got a lot to say and we know what's needed I was going to say I think there's uh, even just listening to you there's a few things I've taken from this one I think as teachers we need to kind of be more confident to do the things we encourage our students to do and, and take risks I think in terms of like the writing aspect but also in terms of our literacy lessons I think that class novels are really at the heart of that because it gives you a stimulus that is is just so powerful and especially if you pick one that's like tumbling that has all of that there that you can really pick it out and enjoy it and and, and there's so much you can do with it um, and I hope that um, teachers that are listening to this will get that as well as just really interesting to hear how it all came about because actually I think sometimes we think and I, I suppose this is a societal thing right now but things happen immediately Mm-hmm. Whereas actually what you're describing is a, is a long process of committing to an idea and a concept and pushing on with it, you know, 10 years. I'm sure pe- people could do it a lot quicker than that. I mean, also, I, you know, researched it and wanted to make sure it was really yeah, accurate. Course, I mean, yeah. if you're writing a bleak fantasy thing, I'm sure you could yeah, develop you know, that. Teachers yeah. do yeah, have of course. quite long holiday time. Yeah. I know we do work in our holidays and things, but, you know, if you're if you're a single teacher and you maybe don't have children, you, you maybe could find some time yeah. in the working year to write something and um if if this was to help inspire someone else to get their stories even short stories down on paper mm-hmm. we're really encouraging children to do things like the 500 words competition and i just think there's so many teachers out there who have stories yeah and and the you know the great literacy ability because they have to teach it they'll know yeah. the rules and, and things like that and i would just love to think that someone might hear this and think I'm going to get a piece of paper and see or, oh, or get that amazing. computer switched on and see what happens. Yeah. But what I'd say is, yeah, don't give up. Um, tenacity is really important. Self-belief is quite important. Surround yourself with positive people. I mean, I always find it great talking to you. You're such a supporter. And um, we do have some really good supporters as teachers. We yeah. understand more than anyone all the, the work stresses. And 
writing can be quite therapeutic just getting it out on paper putting yourself in a bit of a different situation um can be can be quite good it can help you just unravel some of your own things that you've experienced and put it into Mm -hmm. into your characters so i really really hope um that some teachers out there might be inspired to give it a go fab i think that's just a perfect way to end but thank you so much kim that's been been absolutely lovely to talk to you my pleasure as always to talk to you jokes